Welcome, sisters, to the Sisters in Zion podcast. This is Danielle. Daniel here with you from San Diego, California, and I am here with my best friend. Hey, it's Kirsten. So excited to be here. Yeah, we are happy to be recording again. We've been traveling and yeah, learned a lot as traveling. I love, you know, I've been, we haven't even had a chance to catch up too much, but when I travel and you're doing all these different events and you're just kind of all over the place, it takes me so long to get back in my routine. And my, my routine, you know, generally is I wake up, I journal a little bit, I then take care of the house, the cats, me, shower, get ready, all that kind of stuff. And then I work either on my, you know, business with something I'm writing or my doctorate. And then I eat dinner and then I study with God for like an hour or two at night before I go to bed. And I have like, I've been so off of all of that, you know, my workout routine, my study routine. And it's been interesting to come back. Like we've talked about before with great, you know, pace and grace, like to not like, beat myself up. In fact, I had scheduled to go to Pilates and I was like, I don't want to go. I, my body, I just wasn't ready to add something on my plate. I was still just trying to get back in my, in my routine. And it's, um, yeah, it's just interesting how you get just like a little sidetracked from traveling. Absolutely. Yeah. I was actually, it's funny because just this morning I said to my husband, do you want to take off? Do you want to go somewhere for fall break in a couple of weeks? And he just looked at me like, we just got home. Like we just got our head above water. And um, so it's, I, I feel like that's a lesson I learned this past summer, especially was like the way that I set myself up to be close to the Lord and to be in a routine that like works, right? Like where you can actually feel the spirit and you can, um, you know, take care of the things that you feel that those things are important. Otherwise you kind of feel like you're a chicken with your head cut off. So it is good to be back for sure. Absolutely. And so we're excited to be back in a routine as well with the podcast because we love chatting with each other. This is our chance to catch up. <laughs> it's totally, on the podcast. Yeah. But, um, you know, something I, I kind of want to share uh, something that's been on my mind, like for the last, I would say several months, but it always, well, my, probably my entire life, but even more heavily in the most last several months. And, you know, I've shared before a couple of years ago, I had, you know, that surgery that uh, made it so I won't able to have children. And it really put me at a kind of a rock bottom where I just, just and at that same time, my um, parents had left the church. And so I was just like really struggling interpersonally. I was like, kind of hit a bottom, like what's important in life? Going to church? Like what's important? Having, being married and having kids, going to church? Well, I don't have, you know, my parents have left. I don't know if going to church is that important. I don't know about, you know, I can't have kids. I can't be married. And so I just was on this bottom feeder, like, I don't know. And what, I decided was the most important thing was a relationship with my savior. That was more important over going to church, over being married and over having children because a lot of those things were um, not a possibility for me. So um, anyway, point being, I finally um, started really finding how the savior is in everything. He's in our, in our thoughts 
all the time. I started just like, I found books and, and teachings from the early days of the church even, and teachings from other members of the church that have written, you know, authors that have written books and just the scriptures. It just like everything opened up to me because I was so hungry for it. And I gained a personal relationship with him and I still expanding and it still blows my mind that everything you believe you shall receive. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to believe more. How do I believe more? You know, but in all of that, I started wanting to have a personal relationship with my heavenly mother. And I'm, I know I'm not alone in that. And I know Kirsten and I've talked about this and she'll share too, but I'm sure many of you have sought to know her a little more. And I started feeling like I wanted to know her, but I didn't, feel like I knew how to relate to her because we call her a mother and I'm not a mother and I'm single. And I'm like, I just, I just didn't know how I would be able to relate to her, but I just started praying and asking heavenly father, um, at the time, just prepare me to have a personal relationship with her. I want to, to get to know her a little bit more and just feel her love in my life. Because when you look at all, everything that matters, it's, it's a relationship with deity, which is your father, your mother, and the savior. That's what matters. That's how you find your value. That's how that matters more than everything. I love this topic so much. And I also want to share with our listeners that this is a topic that you and I have brought up in our conversation a few times and felt maybe a little uncomfortable or unsure about how to bring her up, right? Like we were like, you know what? Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe we just need to kind of, you know, have our own experiences a little bit longer and just feel it out. So I just want everybody listening to know that this topic is one that is, I believe, should be celebrated and, you know, and, and it's so wonderful. And at the same time, it's so sacred. And there's so much to it that it's such a personal thing. One thing that I feel like is really exciting to me when I learned that Elohim is a plural word. So if you know anything about, you know, ancient Jewish texts or, and I don't, okay. But I did learn that Elohim is a, a plural word. Like how cool is that? And, and it can be dual, like male or female. So it's kind of interesting, you know, just to see that in the scriptures, right? And I want to share... Um, when I first moved to Hawaii, it's been a little over two years now, and I, I would go out um, to say my prayers, to have my, you know, PPM time, right? Pray, ponder, meditate. And I would sit, there was this one time I went out to the edge of my, my lawn, my yard, and I was looking right out over the ocean, and I, the sun was about to come up. It was really early in the morning, and I, and I knelt and bowed my head and closed my eyes. And just as I always have, I said, heavenly father. And I like the, it was like the whole world, like the, the ocean and like the air and everything just like came up through me. Like that's like a way to describe like the feeling of the spirit overcoming me. And it said, and mother. And I was like, what? And I like opened my eyes, you know, I was like, What? Oh my goodness. Hi. I, I just was like, Oh yeah. It's not how any of us were taught to pray. It sounds very unorthodox. I don't expect like, you know, the, the general authorities to like announce, you know, we're going to now pray to our, you know, I don't think that that's what it was. It doesn't need to be. 
right? It was my own beautiful experience of recognizing that there is a very powerful female presence in this world, in us as women, whether we're mothers, whether we're not, like it's like the whole creative power of womanhood. And God gave that power more, I, I, men are creators too, right? And they have their own way of creating, they have their own path of learning and creating. But women have a very special creative role. And so I think, you know, even when you look at cultures, right? Like you look at like the, the feminine versus the masculine, you know what I mean? Like the, the divine feminine is, is described as more of like a free flowing, colorful, creative expression. You know what I mean? That's, that would be very feminine. It sounds feminine. Hawaii is feminine. All the flower, even the mountains, like you look around and it just has this very feminine feel to it. You know, and masculine is like more linear. It's more direct. It's more aggressive. It's more, you know, like in whatever way. And so it's really cool, I think, for us as daughters of God to explore a little bit more and feel like we have permission to explore that divine relationship with both of our heavenly parents without feeling like, oh no, am I going to be like the weird one that's talking about heavenly mother? Like, is that wrong? Because it does, it has a little bit of a, like, I don't know, a stigma attached to it. Maybe like there's a little bit of a uncomfortableness or we just don't know. Um, in our church, I mean, not personally, but like, you know, at church, if you were like talking about both Heavenly Father and Mother all the time, it, it wouldn't be as common, I guess. Um, however, is there some of that maybe that will start to change? You know, and, and I'll just, I'd love to hear what you think, Danielle, but like, I just want to say one more thing. It was really, really cool to me that during this time that I was feeling like drawn to and curious about and feeling like her presence around me more that you were experiencing the same thing and we weren't talking about it. And so then, you know, weeks or months later, we finally like have a discussion about her and it's like, oh my gosh, let me tell you about my experiences with her. Let me tell you about what I've been thinking and experiencing and expanding. And we were both having that. So what that leads me to believe is that if you and I are being led by the spirit with this, then other sisters are as well. We're all, I mean, it's not like we get some special, you know, divine right to her, right? It's like all of us, we all get that divine right. We're all her daughters as well. Yeah. I love that you brought up just the power of her and the Elo Elohim is a uh, plural. I mean, you really create with a partner. I just, I love it. And I, in my, you know, seeking, just wanting to know her, just like I kind of preface how I wanted to know the savior. And it was like, you ask and you shall receive. And it's really cool. She has come more in my thoughts in ways that I'm like, oh, whoa, I didn't, I, I didn't like, it like came first in my thoughts. I wasn't like pondering. It was really just like, was there. And just knowing that she's, I, you know, and here's why, like as a single woman in the church, right? I want to know my power. I want to know my place and not even just in church. I shouldn't have said it like that. I mean, just in life as a, as a human being, as a spiritual being, I want to know my power. I want to know my divine worth. And I want to relate 
to a woman in that sense. And so seeking her was really about that for me, seeking my individual worth, not, um, not my place as a, you know, I know um, there's some topics about, you know, patriarchal society and all that types of types of, you know, discussions or the priesthood with women not having the priesthood. And I don't feel, I don't feel that way. I feel there's women have so much power. And as I was seeking to, you know, know her more, I actually asked in prayer, I said, you know, Heavenly Father, like, what is her role? Um, and I just was asking in prayer and the word immediately came back to my mind before I even finished my sentence that said everything. And I was like, her, wow. I was like, what's her role in, you know, in all of this and he, and it was that, just like, that sounds everything. like a typical woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We actually do everything. Yes, we yeah. do. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's very true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was just, she's involved with everything, every aspect of our lives even. And I just thought, wow. And I was like, how is that? And I just, what was interesting when I asked how she's involved with every aspect of our life, um, the only thought, it was interesting. The thought came to me of an umbilical cord and I was like, and it was all, it was just a thought. And I was like, oh, like we're tethered to our mothers in the umbilical cord. We're tethered to her. Like she's involved with every aspect because I was curious of how I can relate to her as a single woman. Like I don't, and without children, I just didn't understand her role. And that's why I was seeking these questions. And I've just loved a little, little teeny bits of enlightenment that have come. And I've been asking, like, I want to know her more at whatever level is, you know, that, um, that you're allowing me to have, like, I'm, I'm willing, I want it. I want to be mentored with her. I want to, I want to know her. Um, whenever that timing is right, please prepare me. And so I love that as we just like discover our own power and our own roles and our own worth, like all of those other little doubts that have to do with ourselves, um, our families, maybe, maybe church, our roles, they just, they don't matter. Right. I, I love that you brought that up. It's, it's a concept that I think we as sisters really need to understand. And that is our own confidence in the power that lies within us. And now, I mean, and this message is like all over social media right now, right? Like not comparing ourselves to anyone else, even the men in our lives, right? Like I, I think it's sometimes as women, we compare you know, ourselves to each other, but like even comparing ourselves to the men, well, why do the men, you know, get to do that? Why do the men get to pass the sacrament? Or why do the men get to bless the babies? Or, you know what I mean? Whatever, like things like that, right? And to be honest, I've, I've wondered why, but it's never bothered me. And I think me, and if it's bothered you, then that's totally fine. Like I'm not, it's, it's great. It's a journey, right? I, like we've talked about before, when those feelings come up, welcome those feelings, welcome it. Hey, welcome, welcome to my consciousness. <laughs> Let's think about why this is coming up. Thank it for coming up and learn the lesson for why that's coming up for you. So for me, I don't get particularly offended or bothered by it. I'm like, yeah, you take the baby and go bless it. You baptize that kid. That's great. <laughs> I'm doing everything else, right? <laughs> and not saying that men don't do a lot because they do. Obviously, they're wonderful and they have their own divine roles. But as women, we do have 
a special divine inheritance of creativity and of, I think, more expansive thinking, like kind of just a little bit of a seeing a bit a bigger picture sometimes than men. And so the men have their roles and we have our roles. And it's really about having the confidence in your role and the confidence of your, of your relationship with our heavenly parents and knowing that they know each of us. They know you. They love you. And they, they understand if you feel um, offended or upset about a role that you've been given, right? They understand like their, their love encompasses everything and there's no judgment there. There's not like a, you're a bad person because you got offended about something, you know, with, with the priesthood or with one of your roles, right? There's just so much love there. And I just want to invite you to remember that love and that there, there's an invitation there to come and learn more about your divine role and the role models who exist for you. I've started referring to them more as my heavenly parents. It's just a personal thing. This is not doctrine, okay? This is not general conference, me saying, okay, and now we will refer to them. You know, it's just me, I'm just letting you know, like in my heart, I still pray the way that our Savior taught us to pray. I do believe that there's a power in following the Savior with exactness, and he did address his father. He also addressed him as Elohim, right? And there's a lot of different prayers and scriptures, you know, in the scriptures that we can follow. Um, but, but for me, it opens my heart to think of my heavenly parents and their divine roles and how we are striving to become like them and that they have outlined this path for us. So rather than like, you know, judging the path and being like, well, that path's wrong. Well, I don't like this path. Well, you know, what about, I want to fight against that path. It's, it's more of like an acceptance, not in like a, you know, turn, turn over and be blind about it, but in an acceptance in knowing that they know exactly how to guide us. Yeah. I love that you, talked about that and that it's really putting that confidence, confidence in being a woman, which I very grateful to be a woman. I love, um, developing even more confidence in that. And, you know, I wanted to, something that came to my mind is I, I love that you talked about not judging yourself. If you do feel offended with the priesthood or, you know, have issues or questions that is great. Love and embrace yourself because that's exactly what God is doing because part of what you're questioning is just a learning journey journey for you. And, and what I had thought to say was that may stem or may not, but it may stem from somebody abusing you through that priesthood. My, I've talked on the podcast before. I was abused as a child in multiple ways. And it was from a priesthood leader. It was from my stepfather who did you know, baptized me who did things and who was a return missionary who was supposed to be leading in the priesthood and he wasn't. And so I, I want to just, you know, let you know that I know how that feels. I know if there's questions there and those hurt, that anger, that sorrow, the, anything that's coming up from it is more about the abuse than it really is the priesthood and someone being wrong. And that is not the priesthood. 
So I feel really strongly that that may be something that's part of your journey to work through. And I, and just embrace that. That's beautiful because amazingly enough, all the things that are, are the hardest for us to overcome or the most trying for us are usually the things we become the most powerful in. And I think that is an incredible thing to be able to become powerful in. You know, when I was on my mission, um, my mission president, we had this conference and I remember him talking about this subject and just the, um, just the, asked all the missionaries, he said, I want you to tell me what are all of the characteristics of your mother? And so everybody's shouting out like, and he's writing on the board, all the characteristics, sorry, it's a loud plane, <laughs> all the characteristics of the, their mothers. And it was love for, you know, forgiving kindness. It was just like, I mean, it was basically, you could just equal it all up to being, she is charity. <laughs> and it was all of us just talking about our earthly mothers and saying that. And then he said, do you see these God-given innate traits that women already possess? And he says, this is God-given. These are divine. And this is what the men hold the priesthood for, is to develop these traits that are already innate in women. And it just, it kind of helped me. I didn't really have like quarrels with it or anything, but it helped me just not like get enticed by any quarrels with the, you know, the priest that I was like, great. Yeah. I'm already powerful and amazing and beautiful with how I am created. And I have things to learn through other avenues. Men have things to learn through serving in the priesthood. And that just, it just helped me go perfect. It's just so different. It's not just like you said, when we talk about comparison, like there's, when we would compare with even another person, it's like, what's there to compare? You're so completely different with completely different journeys. Wow. I love that story. Your mission president was so inspired. How cool is it that you had an experience on your mission just a few years ago and yeah, and you still remember it so poignantly. Like, you know, I was thinking about like, I didn't serve a mission as a, you know, single adult, but I, I don't know. Like, I mean, how many things can you possibly remember? Like when the spirit is speaking, that's, that's amazing. I, I know you can remember a lot of things. I feel like everybody can remember so many things from their mission. It's such an incredible experience. And it's one that so many sisters are experiencing now. Right. And that's so cool. When I was younger, it was, if I was uh, 20, when I was 21, I could have gone. Right. But if I could, I remember thinking if, if I could have gone when I was 19, I would have gone. By the time I was 21, I was like, I don't know, last semester of college. Like just, it just wasn't feeling right. Uh, and I wasn't super active, let's be honest. But that's when I met you and that's okay. It's all the journey. But I think about these sisters now who are going out on missions and they're so cute and they're so powerful. They're amazing. These sisters come to our ward every single week and I just love them. I just, I'm like so amazed with them and they're young and they're powerful and they're like organized and they're like, you know, they're just so fabulous. They're teaching the gospel. And, you know, we, we talked about this for just a minute. I was, I was, I know that some of the sisters can wear, they can choose to wear pants now if they want to. Right. That that's something that changed like, Oh, Hey, now we can wear pants. Like, was that to me, it was never a big deal. I actually like kind of wearing dresses, um, you know, for you on your mission, like, was that ever a big deal to you? Did you ever feel like you were less than or kind of like be you know were you second you know what I mean what was the feeling on a mission 
wearing a dress? No, good question. I don't think I ever felt like I was a lesson of a person because of men got to wear pants and we didn't. It was just- Well, men didn't get to wear dresses. No. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and those types of things are just so cultural. That's all they are about. And so, I, I mean, I, I was in a cold, I was in Chile in South America um, yeah, three, some three plus 20 years ago. Just kidding. I don't know how long ago. Long time <laughs> yeah. ago. But anyway, it's, um, we, it's cold and windy and rainy and then hot in the summers. So the skirts were very nice in the summers. And then the winter it was just, it was awful. I had to wear like major lawn johns underneath my skirts. So I, it'd be nice to wear pants. But again, the, the, that's not really a church thing. That is a total cultural thing. That's all it is. And the culture of the church sometimes, um, as we evolve, and now we've got these new millennials with a whole new culture they're bringing about, which is awesome. But it really, the church, like even God is like, okay, I'm able to evolve more things because the culture finally evolves. So the one thing I've learned is he doesn't like strike these hard trials upon us. God teaches us with such grace and love, the easiest way possible to teach us it's us that makes it hard. And so even with culture, with these things that, you know, he, he goes, he does what he can within our culture to really teach us how to evolve and how to be more like him. And he's, he's confined because of our cultural beliefs, because of our cultural um, presets that we have around it. So I love that it's all evolving. And I love how you said, I don't know if you, you didn't use this word, but I'm going to use the word gentle. It's gentle, right? Like it's, like you said, it's easy, but it's gentle. I mean, I, I would just, every once in a while, I'll get a millisecond of comprehension of what it would actually be like if I did understand the might of God, if I did understand all the thing, all the truth, like the, the word is mind blown. Like my, like the head would explode. Like our, our physical bodies can't even, you know? And so he's just so loving and gentle. And it's so interesting when we want to fight against him, right? We're just kind of like, no, I don't like that way, you know? <laughs> and he's like, he's still, they, they're like, okay, great. We still love you. We love you so much. Everything is for your good. All of your learning, all of your experiences. And I just feel so loved and supported by our heavenly parents. I hope you as sisters know that. If you need to, to lean on us to remind you every week, your heavenly parents love you. You have a family just putting their arms around you right now and holding you up in all of your trials. Please remember that. Please remember all you have to do is turn. You know, I'm going to give you a quick example right before this podcast. Um, actually, Danielle, you went to go get a drink and I have a hardcore Instagram addiction. Like it's so bad. Like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, what's on Instagram? Like, I just love it. It's so fun. I want to see what everyone's doing. And I think that's okay until it it takes the place of other things that could be better, like a relationship with my heavenly parents, reading the scriptures, things like that. You know what I mean? And so, but, but again, the, what I've learned is that heavenly father isn't judging me. He's not like, well, Kirsten, oh my gosh, I can't believe he chose Instagram instead of your scripture. You know, it's just me. It's just whatever I choose to do. He's there in a loving way. 
So right before we were about to press record, <clears throat> Danielle went to go get um, actually some beet chips. She really wanted some beet chips. <laughs> she went to get a drink and some chips, okay? And while she was gone, my brain, my phone is sitting right here, and my brain was like, oh, I'll just check your phone and get it. You know what I mean? I was like, what? You're not doing that. So I got on the scriptures instead, and I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to read the scriptures instead, and here's what I learned. Even if you just make a quick decision, just a, a 30 second, I'm going to open the scriptures instead of opening Instagram or instead of fighting with my spouse or whatever it is, you know, whatever thing that you just keep doing instead of coming to the Lord. Even when you come to the Lord for 30 seconds, the Lord is there. He's, he's like, yes, I'm here. Let's do this. And then when you in your own temporal world, you go right back into the pattern of like who you are on a daily basis, which is kind of not aligned totally. It's, it's all aligned. And this is a whole other topic, but last week I felt so inspired and reminded of, of the, the gift of forgiveness and the atonement and how heavenly father gave us that gift. Like it's a gift that we get to use it. And it's, it's part of this life. So making mistakes and then repenting is actually the point. Like the point is to repent kind of regularly, definitely regularly. Right. And so it's not like a bad thing that I even have this Instagram addiction, right? It's, it's actually like, okay, cool. So this is what you're doing now. And the practice of turning back and remembering that I have heavenly parents who love me, that my savior, Jesus Christ atoned for all of this and that I get to experience that atonement. It's like, it's, it's exciting. I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's like, I don't want to say it's fun, but it's like, wow, I get to exercise this power with them mm. and they love it when I do. And mm. it brings confidence. I think too, relating back to what we were talking about, using the atonement more brings more confidence and more understanding. I do think that there's a really, I'm just kind of, isn't it fun when you start processing and receiving things like during the conversation, right? <laughs> it's like that process of repenting is the way by which you gain that deeper relationship with your heavenly family. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's, it's that it's a gift that you can, you don't even have to repent for things that aren't because everything about our life is a miss from God. So, but things you just want to cleanse and, um, improve on, like, let's, even if you're a great piano player and you're like, you know, I want to be a better one. And you can take that through the repentance process. Um, you know, that's how all of this really started for me was learning to get to know my savior better and finding how much grace that they have, you know, um, the savior, the heavenly father, heavenly mother, how much grace they have for us. And that once you feel that it just feels better to have grace for yourself. You start applying because you want to be like them. We cannot be like them. If we're beating ourselves up, you cannot be like them. If you're still comparing, if you're still angry and, and it doesn't mean like, yeah, sit in that, figure it out, but take it through the atonement. I, I do visuals because that's how my mind really helps me. Like, and I imagine all the time, like if I, this is what I call it. If I get on my, my high horse, like I'm starting to think I'm better than someone. I, I imagine that I have taken, you know, the horses that, um, like the kid's toy that has a horse head and then a stick and they like run around the yard like with a javelin. Like, 
Oh, no, no, no. Like an actual stick horse. Yes. Yeah, a stick horse. Yes, a stick yeah, horse. Yeah. So I imagine that I've taken a stick horse and I'm on my high horse and I'm like, oh my goodness. And I imagine myself giving that high horse to the savior. I'm like, here, you can have this back because it's ridiculous <laughs> in the first place. But I just continually, um, anytime thoughts come, I'm like, oh, here, have this again. I don't feel bad about myself for it. I just know I'm processing and I'm human. And here's the great thing is the compound effect. The more and more you keep turning things over to him, it compounds over time, A, that you have a better relationship, and B, that you become what you're focusing on becoming and what you're, and you get rid of what you're trying to get rid of all the time. So whether it be like I've talked before, if I feel like I'm judging someone, I'm like, I imagine that I have these judgment scales, like, and I just like, Oh, here, I took these judgment scales. They're yours. And I just imagine giving them to him in my head. And I just say, I'm very sorry. I don't, I want to be someone who just loves and not judges. And I, I process it with them on the spot continually, but that is, um, what they are for us. I mean, they're just continually loving. And if we are able to continually turn to the atonement, I'm glad you brought up the atonement because it is everything. That's how you're prepared to meet your maker, right? That's how you're prepared to meet your heavenly parents, your savior. And it is how you find and discover and strengthen your individual value and worth so that all of those secondary questions of the gospel that are, um, that you're just not sure on, become irrelevant because you know your worth, you know your power, you know who you are, you know your purpose. That's the focus. Not these secondary questions as much. And, And the word stand in holy places came to me when you said that. Like, so there are questions, there are things that don't make sense. There are things that are irritating and, and uncomfortable too. And, and I don't know all the truth of all of it. I don't. But what I do know is I want to stand where I'm at, that this is where I am placed right now and that I have heavenly parents that love me and that I'm going to continue using the atonement like over and over and over. And I just, I'm going to have faith that it's going to work. And I don't really want to go anywhere else. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, I could, everybody has a struggle, right? Like there's, it's part of the nature of being in this world is to struggle with these questions. Like I want to struggle with my questions on the holy ground of the temple, of the home that I've created, of the gospel, of the, the service of, you know, callings and question in the gospel not out of it. Sisters, my testimony is continually strengthened as, as we have these discussions. I, I mean, if for nobody else, it's definitely for me. <laughs> and I, I appreciate you all listening and having your own experiences. It means so much to us to know that we, that we're safe together you know, that we can be ourselves, right? And that we can have these discussions and open them up and, and receive feedback and continue moving forward and feel the love of our Savior. I'm so grateful, so grateful to be here with all of you. And man, we could just keep going on. Danielle, I do want to put in a request. I think it would be amazing. I, I love your visualizations, like even the scales and the high horse. And you know what I mean? Like, that's cool. They're, they're almost like little icons. <laughs> you should have like a couple little icons and you're like, Some oh, emojis. I'm yes, like, emojis. Sending you emoji, savior. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's so, oh, that's so millennial. Oh my gosh. You're going to send the savior an emoji. <laughs> 
fantastic. The one that I've always done is I, I, I received this kind of vision one time where I was really, really ruminating and stressing about this situation. I can still remember what it was. And I could see the savior just about, um, we'll say maybe about five feet above my head on a really white fluffy cloud. And he, he bent down on that cloud and he stuck his hand down to me and was like, Hey, you want to come up here? And I was like, yeah, you know what I mean? And I, I, I just grabbed his hand and he just pulled me up, not too high, not like crazy above the world, just, just about five, you know, five feet up in the air. And, and so from then on, it's probably about a year ago from then on, whenever I notice, cause you know, we can kind of get going down the road in our head. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, Oh, okay. I know where I'm going. I'll just imagine instantly the savior right above me and just take his hand every single time. Like, Hey, let's go up here. Let's look at this from this perspective, you know? And anyway, so that one's good, but I actually really like yours better. I like your, your like emojis. It's more specific. Like there's some scales and then there's a, a high horse and there's a few other things. So anyway, my request is next time let's chat about some of those visuals. I think that would be really helpful for our sisters. So yeah, anyway. that would be fun. I, so, and we'll preface it next time as well, but, um, I've taken, um, doctoral courses on hypnotherapy and in hypnotherapy, there is a lot of visual stuff that you use to really relax the mind. And so through that, I, have my own that have really resonated for me. And they're like, just like you, like mine's a waterfall, you know, and, and I just imagine the savior pulling me through the waterfall. And so that's how I, it's like a check-in. It's just visuals that help me just go, Ooh, I was not doing good. Ooh, do we take me just like you to take me to the waterfall? Oh, okay. And I just, it's like how I keep myself aligned with him when I get out of alignment. And it's because the, not to go too much into this, but the power is in the present. The power is right now, not a second ago when I was judging. And if I want to keep wallowing and wallowing and wallowing and wallowing in the fact that I judged, I'm just using that as an example, then I'm keeping that in the present. So I love the visuals because it's like, oh, nope, give you back those, forgive me, and I'm presently not doing that. That's it. It's just, it's just a skill. So yeah, we'll, go, we'll do a little visualization, kind of a little self-hypnosis or something for fun. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you so much, sisters, for listening. We appreciate you and love you and look forward to connecting with you in future episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.